Hello out there in podcast land. Hello. I wasn't. Oh, wait. Are you talking to me? No. Oh. Talking to the people yeah. listening. Thank you for joining us, people listening. We have an exciting episode for you. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. We gotta work on this intro. I feel like we need to be like high energy or something. Um, you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> you want high energy from me? <laughs> you married the wrong person. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> the gosh dang truth. And I'm not gonna get too personal with letting people know the levels of truth that, that the levels of frustration that truth goes for you me oh thanks for clarifying (laughs) um so we're trying this new thing for the podcast tonight it's called not smoking maybe you've heard of it which one is that one yeah oh you gotta look here um (laughs) i thought you were gonna do the classic (laughs) because it's actually kind of a late i don't know for lent we're giving up cigars bullshit okay i'm not i mean maybe you are i'm just kidding cammy already smoked today yes not that i'm against lent because it was so nice out not that i needed justification to smoke it was so nice out and i had to read our book and it is 10 o'clock Holy crap, 10.30 at night, and we just poured a glass, a cup of coffee, because I was lagging. Yeah. And Tonight might be interesting. I'm a little bit, I kind of want to talk about our day and night, but I'm a little embarrassed about where we went. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a hint. It has cheddar biscuits. All you can eat cheddar biscuits. That's right. We were at the ultimate seafood sellout place, Red Lobster. I was just feeling it. Cousins to the ultimate Italian sellout place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was thinking. I, I think Red Lobster is the ultimate sellout because the food, it's like really shitty quality. The yeah. suit, the clam chowder is not good. The clam chowder is just flour. But they know it works. The salad is crap. <laughs> the fried fish is just fried fish mm-hmm. and fried shrimp but and all the that. The cheddar biscuits. The cheddar biscuits are just MSG. Whatever they are. But here's the They're thing, really like good. Long John Silvers or Skippers, at least they like wear it. They're like we're a shitty seafood place. Yeah, that's true. No problem. We don't they don't pretend. Red Lobster was the restaurant that my family would always go to for lunch after church. My favorite place to go to after church so when I was a kid you, yeah. was Sizzler. <laughs> they had... Um, that's trashy. They had all-you-can-eat <laughs> all pudding <laughs> and nacho cheese. Oh, really? Put together? Uh, no, you wouldn't eat at the I same know. time. I just like imagining those together. So good. So good. Well, Red Lobster is a, a step above Sizzler. Uh, 
but maybe not in a way because Sizzler Sizzler Sizzler's more authentic. Owns it. Yeah, Sizzler's oh, like Sizzler knows. Sizzler doesn't even fake it. It's not. Um, I don't know. It's not like uppity, but Red Lobster doesn't really do that. Okay, so let's get on uh, with the show. Yes. For starters, this is exciting stuff. We have people that have risen to the occasion. Heroes do not always wear capes. <laughs> and you guys heard that we recorded the 25th episode where we were kind of like sharing our woes of no one stepping up to buy these chairs for us. Well, I spoke too soon. <laughs> too soon. Before that podcast was even recorded, <clears throat> Emily sent us $20 to go to the chair fund. <laughs> Seriously. That's awesome. But don't stop there. No. Kathleen sent us $3, and she says, for the honesty of the podcast and for the chair fund. Man. That's awesome. Thank you. That puts the Both chair fund you. at $23. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. So I feel like we need a jar here. Yeah, we do. Because I to I, show that we're I'm gonna put the money there. Put the money there, yep. And if you tune in on the video, you can see it. And we can see it, and we can feel... Or we could shake it. We'll put some change in there. <laughs> so people... Will. And we can feel good about ourselves and feel cared for and validated. Right. But most importantly, our asses will feel cared for <laughs> and validated eventually. You know what else we could do? I just thought about this. Let's say... Because chairs can be expensive. Yeah. And I don't want to buy cheap chairs. That's the problem. So we could be here for five years before. Or <laughs> we I just bought my mom this fancy seat cushion for her butt. Oh. For her birthday. That's and true. it was like forty bucks. So if we want to go like a ghetto route, we could just buy two of these like <laughs> gel. Well, before we pull the trigger on that, let's just see what people's response is. So. Because uh, if we have an overwhelming response, you know, I by all means, let's buy the chairs. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> Our audience is great. Yeah. I just want to have a plan B. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I've trusted too many people in my life. Yeah. We've we've had to learn to take care of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I'm sure you guys are all great, but yeah. you guys are taking care of your own asses, and That's we have right. to take care of our own. And ass. I can respect that. But seriously, thank you, Emily, and thank you, Kathleen, for yes. stepping up. That is really cool. I'm just looking at the last contribution that I got on Venmo from someone named Martha. And this was actually a, a huge contribution of $75 just Whoa. for the vlogs. But she wrote, congrats on the AT hike. I have enjoyed your YouTube videos. Stop smoking, though, please. <laughs> Man, I wonder what she would have donated if we uh, weren't smokers. I should tell her all. If she sends me more money, I'll not smoke for like two episodes. People can sponsor our lungs. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Previous episode, we have a comment from the YouTube video. Would you like to read this? Yes, Danny? I would. 
I'm getting my energy here. Got some uh, coffee in me. Crawfords just finished episode 25 and had an idea. You all could totally start an AA for Christians who have expanded their views. If I'm honest, that's why I keep tuning in each week to hear that I'm not alone or crazy radical for questioning the church and its violent language as opposed to nonviolent communication towards humans that Jesus actually loves dearly. Almost weekly, you guys say something that my husband and I have stated verbatim and it's healing. Not because I desire a replacement echo chamber, but because it helps to neutralize the pain and hurt spoken to us from, quote, members of the body. Anyway, that's what your podcasts do for me, so thanks. Jess from Cincy. Wow, she lives around here. That's cool. That is really cool. I don't know what you mean, Jess, by AA for Christians who have expanded their views because it could be, well, let's see, you could totally start. It's like a recovery yeah. group. That's what I feel like we're in. Um, it's just not very, it's not blatantly that as an Maybe well, AA, I guess, is like a recovery group or a support group. or But there's a lot of in our life that, because I've spent so much time in 12-step groups, which is what AA is, where um, aspects of our life totally resemble that already. So I'm totally on board with that. Um, yeah. And in terms of, I don't know if you're actually serious or not, but in terms of meeting with actual people, um. You know, I think right now, well, we we meet with people in our life that actually there's a book group we're in that is serving this function right now. But I'm not surprised. I've heard a number of people say that about our podcasts and our vlogs. And I'm really glad that people have that experience and don't feel alone because we we felt crazy for a long time. And mm-hmm. it took a few people and then a few authors and now a few podcasts that we listen to that make us not feel as crazy. So actually, I, I really enjoy these types of comments because yeah. I'm like, that's really cool. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Getting on to our topic for the day. We're mm-hmm. in relaxed mode. We have a bit of a story time that is going to have some morals and some punches and some... You know, I think we're going to bring the value because that's what we do. We're going to earn our $23. Mm-hmm. But it will be more chill. So do you know what we're talking about tonight? Video games? Yes. It'd be so cool if we had a video game um, sound effect. This could work for now. That sounds like kind of like Halo. Or what's this one? It's kind of. That has a little bit of a Contra vibe. No, that's definitely not it. Oh, there's our phone one. (laughs) Oh, you found it. I found it. All right, W. W. You got to remember that. Okay. I'm writing that down. Okay, so (laughs) for those of you who have followed along with our family through this new year on the vlog... (laughs) One of the big things we did was we um, did away with all house rules. Mm -hmm. And I want to, like, 
talk about that just for a minute to get a little bit of context. House rules were like, I don't know how to say it, but like the backbone of our family beforehand. And one story pops to my mind. There was a very flattering article written about us in this um, web page called The Trek, which features through hiking articles. <clears throat> and this guy named Arnold, he interviewed our family. <clears throat> and he was like showing off our family's ability to complete this through hike, the Appalachian Trail. And he says that we run with like military like precision. And at the time I read that and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, we do. And we're, we like take our shit seriously. This stuff doesn't happen on accident. Like I was organized as hell and we did it. But the more I thought about it, I started to think that there's two sides to that military type precision. You know, there's this side where you're like, okay, you get shit done. Like, that's great. And you're organized and that's nice. But like military also has some negative connotations to it. Like order is prioritized over art and over people's feelings sometimes. Individuality. Over motivation. It's like fear-based mm-hmm. oftentimes. Yeah. So, And I'm not, he didn't mean all this when he wrote that, I don't think. I'm just telling you, like, that phrase, like, stuck with me, and it kind of haunted me a bit. So, Cammie and I, a lot of because kind of our, um, we had realized that we had an overemphasis on authority structures in our background. We had been kind of living more freely without them, and we decided it would be better for our family to experience that especially because we have almost four teenagers now mm-hmm. and we're you know so we had this rule that was like well children should obey their parents and that's in the bible it's one of the ten commandments and it creates sanity and order and we just know how to operate makes we, god happy well yeah and it makes us happy but I mean, but i think we did believe we used, it made we god used happy. to believe yeah so we enforced this like pretty strict and our kids like got it like and it was like, okay, you do this or else. Maybe you get fined $5, maybe you get grounded, maybe you get video games taken away, whatever. But come January 1st of this year, three months ago, we just like did away with all rules in one fell swoop. And we were like, what's going to happen? We didn't know. And it was kind of scary. Yeah. So before that, the, the rule was Seven had an Xbox and him and I... When I bought it for him for Christmas, I think it was two years ago, we would play it together. That was the rule. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I'm buying this, but we're going to play it on Saturdays, and we're only going to play it together. So we did that for a year. And then I got, honestly, I just got sick of playing it. <laughs> so I, but then he could play it every Saturday by himself. And he was, what, 14? Um, in Come Last January. Year. Yeah, come January. So then all of a sudden there's no rules, no caps. And by the way, Seven has no job, no school. People are like, what do you mean no school? I mean like no school. Like we don't homeschool. We don't do public school. We don't do private school. So he can play video games all day long if he wants. And... I'm not one of those parents that's like, oh, whatever, like, video games are cool. I'm like, I hate them, like, in terms of addiction level and brain rotting, and I feel like they atrophy your brain. So I get that side, like, 
you know, for us to do the Appalachian Trail, like I'm, I'm on the more hippie side of like anti-tech. Like we don't have iPads in the house. We didn't buy our kids phones. Um, so yeah, and that's just like preferential, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we say everything's allowed, and Cami, you're quiet over there. Why don't you talk about January? And video games. I think what happened is the kids just did what they wanted to do. And what that looked like with Seven in particular. He's our 14-year-old. He, I don't even really fully know what his schedule was. But I know he stayed. Well, everyone's (laughs) got. I actually think he kind of did have. A schedule sort of maybe um where he stayed up late till 2 a.m or something playing video games then he would sleep till 1 or 2 p.m so he'd miss breakfast miss breakfast miss lunch. miss lunch and then we'd see him he'd come downstairs for the first time around 1 or 2 p.m he would put a couple bagels in the toaster and then do maybe some editing. Well, he'd forget about the bagels. Yeah, that's he'd, true. He'd leave them there for like four <laughs> hours. Do a little bit of editing. Oh. Then man. go back. Upstairs. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Either to talk. bed or to video games. I'm not sure which. He's on the third floor, which is the attic. So He's And it's like his... cold up there. So we're not going up there to check on him. Plus... There'd be nothing to check on because there's no rules to enforce. Yeah. So that was my understanding. I don't fully know, like, if that's the correct schedule he kept, but I think it's pretty close. We're just trying to give an idea. Yeah, it's like the idea. And as parents, we're watching this unfold. And I felt myself kind of mourning him changing but i don't really think he changed he just was allowed his little to heart was unleashed his dreams yeah this had is come true this like we we had him leashed up or whatever i mean i guess that's kind of a funny way to say it but and so whatever the whatever we were seeing was just the product of us having rules and then once we took that away we were seeing more what his heart's desires were, at least, you know, during that time. And it was kind of hard for me um, to not feel like I was losing him somehow. Like, like he didn't really want to be around. Like, I had this feeling like, oh, you just don't really want to be around us. Like, we see you one hour out of the day. Plus, when he comes down, times. then he's watching YouTube videos yeah. about video games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I also believe that kids or teenagers or adults don't usually stay in the same spot. Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't think he would be in that same spot forever. So I just, I guess, had faith that, okay, well, and I, and I just also wanted to be okay and try to accept him if he, if he even, if he did. 
And this is Fortnite, which I've never played. I just hear it's highly addictive. There's no end to it. So it's not like Mario Brothers where you beat Bowser and then you're done. Or you rescue the princess. Oh, yeah. I guess that was the point, huh? Mm -hmm. So, and I started to see things show up on our credit card. (laughs) So he he got an Xbox Live account, which he had to pay for. Then there's like $10 worth of skins or something that he bought, and he had to pay for that. What skins? I don't know. <laughs> Is that just part of the Fortnite thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's like costumes for your oh, character okay. or something. <laughs> Sounds really weird. <laughs> uh, so it's costing money. It's costing time. And then let's talk about February. February, in my opinion, started to reach, like, disaster level. He's hardly doing his chores. Everyone kind of hates him. He's bitching about the chores he does have. Yes. The um, Forgetting to do them. He's sleeping in past meetings that he wanted to attend. He's not taking care of his birds. Like... Everything's just like... Oh, his birds. I could have a whole podcast on his birds. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> totally could. I wish we had a... Okay, we'll just pretend these are birds, even though they're not. They're but I don't want to send the wrong message to our audience, because sometimes if I cricket them... Yeah, I... that wasn't for you. They're all like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> we'll be I'm, good. I'm trying to be better. <laughs> we left messages. Honestly, we did. <laughs> Which actually... You guys could use a little work on your message leaving. I'll <laughs> say that for now. But <clears throat> yeah. Um, so February was a di- was kind of like a disaster, mm-hmm. and we're not really knowing how to handle this because part of what we are removing with rules is not just like Ten Commandment type rules, but it's actually like motivational structures that are consequence or reward based. Yeah. So. And it's kind of like, it's kind of hard to explain how those are related. I think it's going to take like a whole book to explain that. Mm -hmm. But it's basically like we're trying to minimize external stimuli in regards to manipulating children into getting things done. Yeah. So that we can focus on the internal. Well, both rewards and consequences are a manipulation to get someone to do what you want them to do which i don't think is wrong no we just see it as less effective for the type of manipulation can be a loaded word because that's usually implying that's negative but i don't think it's always negative anyways um okay so february is a disaster Things are coming to a head where it was just like, ah. And then I would say. This isn't working. (laughs) This isn't working. But then again, it kind of is. it is working. It's not working for us. Like, we're pissed off. But we're, but yeah. It's like working, well, it's like maybe kind of working for him. What does that even mean? But what does that even mean? Yeah. So then Monday happens. And. First of all, I know he's up till like 2 a.m. playing video games. 
Monday, we have a meeting with a few guys where we call it our creative AA meeting. <laughs> and we share our creative goals for the week. This is just Ben and some guys. And we meet at 6 a.m. It's my only early meeting of the week. And Seven has said that he wanted to come to that. And he missed the last one because of daylight savings because mm-hmm. he said his clock was off. And he missed this one now. And we heard his alarm from the living room three floors up <laughs> for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't know how he sleeps through that. I'll tell you how he sleeps through it. He goes to bed at 2 a.m. because he's playing video games. Even if I did that, I would not be able to sleep through that. Yeah. So then, and trash day is Sunday night, Mm -hmm. Monday morning. And that's his job right now. That he agreed to do for three or six months or something. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, and the trash is still sitting by the side of the house. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've had this thing where, like, I'm kind of like, let the trash can come and go, or the trash guy, and make Seven deal with it. Cammy's more along the lines of, you, like, go up to his room, knock on the door, nag him, remind him, Give bother him. five warnings. Get all emotionally involved, and then, you know. But on Monday, I told myself I wasn't going to do that. Because I knew, or I could see, if I did that every week, I would have to maintain that. Or I could let him grow up and have to deal with what he should be dealing with. So he comes down finally around noon and we say, hey, um, you got to deal with this trash. And we just try to say it kind of matter of factly. Yeah, Um, without a lot of energy. And he lucked out because my parents' house, they hadn't picked up their trash. And my parents live in our backyard. so They live on the other street. Yeah, so so he could just like carry the trash over there and he lucked out. But I think he kind of got a little like freaked out because I would have just been like, dude, just find a dumpster and figure it out. I don't care. Yeah. Don't do anything illegal. Um, So... It was a terrible day and a terrible month. So by now, <clears throat> you as the audience should be frustrated for us <laughs> and be like, this kid is an ass. And these parents are letting this kid walk all over him. And he's throwing his life away. And you're helping him. You're accomplices. That's what we're trying to. That's the sage I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Okay, but are you ready for it? This is where everything changes. Monday night, Cammie and I were out. Where were we? Any ideas? Uh, swimming. Oh, yeah. We were out swimming, and Seven actually didn't come, which he now... wasn't feeling good. That's what he said. No, I actually think he wasn't feeling well, good. I, I believe you, but when people stay up till 2 a.m., people don't feel good sometimes. And I get an email, and this email says this. It's from Epic Games Player Support is the subject line. And it says, Epic Games Player Support, thanks for contacting us about deleting your account. We're sad to see you go. Please be aware that this process deletes all purchases, in-game progress, and items you have. This process cannot be reversed, so please be sure you want to delete your account before proceeding. 
read more details here. Also, we also want to make sure you know that you have the option to temporarily disable your account instead of deleting it. Read more details here. Son of a bitch. So <laughs> they trying to get you in the last. Oh, they're so <laughs> such manipulative <laughs> bastards. That's how Facebook is. Oh man, it's I, so you can't delete your account on Facebook. It's like forever there. So come to find out, he deleted his account. So Tuesday, which was yesterday, you and I both talked to him. We were just like, hey, what's up? Why'd I you... took him out to lunch on Yeah, Tuesday. so you want to recount that? Yeah. Um, first of all, I hadn't done that in I don't know how long, just taking him out. And that was really cool for me because I think he can get kind of lost in the midst of everyone. And I can kind of forget that. I think a lot goes on for him behind the scenes, behind the brain, that we don't see. And I'm not saying, like, there's a ton, you know. I mean, there is, but I'm just – sorry. I'm not trying to bash my son. I think I love him. All right. But he's, like, 14. and But, yeah, for me to be able to see that, to see, like, oh, wow, there's, like, a lot that he's thinking through – like, he could feel and see that his life was becoming unmanageable for him. Can you just say what he said? I don't remember exactly what he said, except for <clears throat> he said that he realized he needed to delete his account because, like, he didn't make it to the meeting and, like, just a lot of things that he wanted to do, he wasn't doing. And he realizes he realized that that was getting in the way. Now, that is so fascinating to me. See, so Tuesday night, we hang out with guys, smoke cigars. I do. And seven comes. And I said, hey, are you up for, well, first of all, I said, hey, will you vlog about this? This guy, I thought it was so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And he did. I still haven't watched it, so I have no idea what he said. Yeah. And then I said, would you be up for sharing the story with the guys tonight? Because we're always looking for topics that are just like. Kind of, yeah, interesting to get conversation started. <clears throat> and I was interested in it both from a parenting perspective, but also just from a life perspective. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'll talk about it. So my first time really hearing about it mm. was with these eight guys. And he was saying, yeah, he was saying some of that same language. Like he said, I felt like I was throwing my life away. Mm-hmm. And... Like, he said, my dad asked me to fly the drone, which I didn't really. He he wanted to learn that, and he agreed. And then he wasn't doing that. Like, a month had passed, and he hadn't asked me. Mm-hmm. And now he finally did, like, this week. <laughs> but, like, so what I'm so fascinated by, this is the, like, premise for me, is if we would have had the rule... Like, okay, no video games or one hour a day or two hours a day. All of the energy would have been on the rule. So let's say let's say the same couple months happened and he's playing video games till his eyes bleed and not getting shit done. Mm-hmm. Then we'd be like, we have a rule. You got to pay $2 or be grounded for two weeks or take out the trash more or give him chores or do push-ups or whatever the consequence or rewards are that you want to set up. 
buy you ice cream if you do, don't play many video games. But all the emphasis on his mind would have been on either the rewards or the consequences. Yeah. So he'd be like, okay, crap, now i got to take out trash. Or, oh, I got ice cream because I only played for 10 minutes. Or whatever the thing is. But because we didn't have any of that, it, we just gave it some time, and it was painful as hell to watch. But finally, he came to this conclusion himself where he decided, I don't want to do video games right now. And I don't want to oversell this because if he's like me... He'll get his account back in another month or two, and you know, I go, I go back and forth on swearing things off forever, and yeah, I've learned nothing's permanent, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm totally okay with it. <clears throat> I just think it was cool that at on that day at that time he concluded that video games were not helpful for what he wanted to accomplish in life. And something that we talked about at lunch was he all of a sudden was asking the question, what am I interested in? Like, what do I want to do? And I think taking the video games off the table for him allowed him to ask that question, which I thought was really cool. It was mostly sports, and I told him, well... (laughs) Sports take a lot of time and a lot of running around, and I don't know if we can do that, but, (laughs) yeah, anyways. So, I don't know. That's, to me, the two topics I I guess I want to just make sure we've covered, and we don't have a whole lot more to say about this. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, we have a ton to say, but not tonight, is from a parenting perspective, there is this question of, do we let our children work it out themselves and reach disappointment in the shiny object? And at what age? And what age, yes. Because I think the lower you get in age, the more people you would have saying, uh-uh, that's not a good idea. But it's very obvious When you have a 30-year-old who's still living with his parents in the basement playing video games, that you're like, yeah, that that guy should know better. Or that guy should come to those conclusions on his own and no one should bail him out. Or should have these, like, you know. Yeah, I think bailing someone out is tragic. But I don't know. Or or to have, uh, I don't know, rewards or consequences. I don't know. Maybe at, at that age that's different. But... So, yeah, what what do you guys think about that out there in podcast land? Do you think, because I guess what I'm just, it's mixed, you know. When I was talking about this with the guys yesterday, Tim, my friend Tim, said this really fascinating thing about their parenting style. He said, we've learned to trust in the culture that we've created. So if you don't trust in your culture and you're like, oh, video games are so powerful, which I think they are, or Mm -hmm. Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the latest tech is, that it's going to take my kid away from me. Then either your culture is not great or powerful Mm -hmm. or you're not trusting in it. But if it is good enough, like he was just kind of saying, it's okay. You let the kids go. They'll come back to it. 
they'll come back like the rest of their lives and the relationships and everything else even though they might get lured away for a week or a month or a year even like do you mean he trusts in the like values that him and his wife like instilled instilled that eventually come back to that or are just like living out themselves and displaying yeah. okay. and this so there's this quote we have on our chalkboard right now and it's a richard Rohr quote and it says the best criticism of the bad is the practice of the better hmm. so this is something that you know because i i'm not confident in this but i i am i'm a little bit confident if kids have nothing better than video games going on they're going to play video games all day and every day. Or at least that they can, they're interpreting yeah, for sure. themselves. But yeah. that's all, that's all they can base it off of. Right. But, but then the question is why shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. If their second best option is doing drugs, causing trouble, beating kids up yeah. or sitting on a couch watching TV, video games are, might be a better alternative for them. Yeah. Now, so if our kids are always wanting to play video games for like extended massive periods of time, I think one of the questions we as parents ought to ask ourselves is, are we providing more appealing and better alternatives? Because maybe we're not. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could or should be providing activities or environments or relationships that are more appealing than video games. And here's the thing. I actually think kids are smart enough to know, I think a lot of times we say they're kind of dumb and stupid and that they're just like susceptible to video games, but kids are, they're all social. Video games are social platforms mm-hmm. and they're hanging out with people that where they feel a sense of accomplishment, where they feel a sense of connection and a sense of progression. And I think if we provide that, you know, I was really shocked when we, we went to the Bahamas on this like $10,000 Atlantis vacation. It was like this all you can eat bullshit resort. And I say bullshit just because I hate casinos and there was a casino there, but um, it was fun. And and we came back and we had this talk that we were supposed to do at REI about our Wonderland Trail hike, which is this 95-mile hike. And right before we went in, I asked the kids, kind of as a joke, hey, what would you rather do, go, go to Atlantis in the Bahamas or hike the Wonderland Trail? And all of them at the time, including Memory, who was, this is probably, what, five years ago, so she was seven, Mm-hmm. said that they would rather do the wonderland than this like video game disneyland theme park palace and i was blown away that that all the kids were i don't want to say smart enough because i don't think it's about intelligence but they weren't just interested in the shiny object hmm. well and or they interpreted this shiny object as something different So the final thing, so there's the parenting side, but really I think this stems from kind of a worldview of how we treat ourselves. And this is where I've had a shift. And this is one of the other things that came up in the conversation yesterday with the guys is I saw video games as stupid and subpar, just like I would describe any shiny object. Okay, there's this thing and it's a waste of time. And this is how I describe a lot of movies or other like shiny object type things. And whatever change we've been through, I think spiritually and emotionally, 
makes it so they don't have these black and white terms anymore in terms of avoiding shiny objects. And now I believe that the best way to confront shiny objects oftentimes is by going for it wholeheartedly until you no longer see it as shiny. And this is what's happened. Otherwise, the thing takes on this almost like mythical power. So like, for example, with our, with 7, if we said, no, no video games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't allowed to play video games as a kid, so I did two things. One is I snuck it all the time. And two is I just craved it. It's all I thought about because I thought they would answer all my problems. Well, and I've come to believe that that craving for the video games or whatever you want to call it, the desire for those things is not bad. Like, it's, it's just not, but. And this is a phrase that Richard Rohr uses about God that was also helpful for me. He said God, I think it was Richard Rohr. He said God is the great allower. Like, you know, it's amazing, like, if you follow a biblical narrative, like, what he allows to happen. Almost to a point where it's, like, really uncomfortable. Like, if you are thinking, oh, he lets this shit go down, like, Really? But there's something that he must believe, God, at least the biblical definition of God, about what's better, even if something's really dangerous, prohibiting it is not the long best long-term solution. Like it's sometimes it's better to let people work it out. And in my own life, it's made it so that I'm less down on shiny objects. I'm less likely, because sometimes I feel guilty for playing video games or watching certain shows on Saturday. You know, sometimes I like to watch WWF. And just like like the old 90s stuff from my childhood. And I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I like it. I enjoy it. It's not wrong, whatever that means. And if I watch it, I get over it after 20 minutes or an hour or five hours or 10 hours or 10 days, whatever it is. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, that was cool. I want to move on. And as parents, sometimes I think one of the best things we can do is to to remove the shame from these types of activities with ourselves first and then with our kids. And instead of discouraging them from one particular shiny object or prohibiting it, to start discussions around it. So... You know, with seven, I would like to discuss this and be like, hey, how was it like playing video games? Okay. What was the cost for that? When did you know it wasn't worth it? What's your plan for the future? You know, and just to, now that he has that vantage point, to look back. I look like I'm losing you. Are you falling asleep? (laughs) I'm falling asleep. Okay. It's time to move on then. Sure. I mean, this is, we need you on this, babe. This is, I mean, I don't know. I still haven't fully figured out if you're a co-host or a guest, but, like, you can't be sleeping here. <laughs> I'm giving it to you. Uh-huh. I just saw this, like, blank look in your eyes. <clears throat> blank. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's go to the phones. Da. There we go. There we go. Okay, this is our first call. And you haven't heard these, so i got to turn these up for you. Hey, guys. This is Elizabeth in Oregon. And I was just calling to say, one, I'm stepping up to your challenge because there have been questions that I'm like, oh, they'll eventually get to. And I just thought I'd go ahead and ask them. So, anyways, 
Um, the first thing I was curious about was, well, you know, you talk about the Christian culture and being wounded or whatever. Um, just, like, do you consider, like, I know this is a Christian phrase, but, like, Jesus to be Lord of your life or the Bible to be, like, the absolute truth, like, word of God and just kind of where you stand, not so much with the culture, but more so just with with those two questions. And I asked, too, because then I um, hear some some um, phrases you say, like, you know, follow your fantasies, sexual fantasies, or, like, those are all good things. And I just know in my life, not everything my, this is another Christian word, flesh tells me to do is necessarily good for me. So, like, when do you use restraint and when do you, yeah, just follow what you want or those desires and what are the differences? So, this question's kind of all over the place, but choose to answer it as you will. Thanks. Bye. Well, those are some doozies. <sighs> holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start that with holy fuck. All um, right. Elizabeth from Oregon bringing it. I know. With the question, she's like, if I have one question, if you had one question, one opportunity. Am I mixing two movies? I don't know. I feel like I'm mixing an Eminem song with a Johnny Cash movie. Um, okay, she asks in this order. I just kind of had to write these down because I was getting overwhelmed. Would we say that God or Jesus is Lord of our life? And then, do you believe the Bible is the absolute true word of God? Um. Wow. Okay. So. I don't know if we're going to be able to answer this for you, Elizabeth, and here's why. This is my answer. Cammie is looking at me. She's awake now. Um, <laughs> and she might have a different answer. Disturbing. But a lot of – I used to say these phrases all the time. Okay, For 30 years, I was in an environment where these were the common phrases. And this is what it meant to be a Christian, right? It was to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and have him declare him as Lord of your life. And I, I've done that maybe, let's just say, 20 times or 50 times. Um, and then I also believed in the absolute true word of God. The Bible. Uh, the Bible, yes. That's what we called the absolute true word of God. And I, I don't know if I've used that specific phrase, but I've, I'm familiar with kind of all those terms. And we believe something radically different now than what we believed in those 30 years when we were saying those same phrases but I also wouldn't say that I, I disagree with those phrases completely. But I do disagree with how they're often used. Um, because, and a lot of times what I've learned from some of these phrases is they're loaded terms. And it's not just what's said, it's actually kind of what's not said. Mm-hmm. So it's... To me, it's terminology to determine the insiders versus the outsiders, which to me, I don't really believe in that anymore, that there's insiders and then there's outsiders. There's people that declare Jesus as Lord and then there's people that don't. To me, that doesn't make a whole lot of difference anymore. And that used to be the thing. It used to be all about your personal decision and you got to determine basically God's eternal state for you. And there was a ton of emphasis placed on, 
in in the tradition we grew up and like are you going to make the decision to avoid hell and go to heaven and accept jesus christ and i think now i still believe in um the god that is represented in the bible but i don't necessarily believe in the interpretations um so well i think lordship uh that's what we used to call it is a important factor i actually think it's one of like 10 things that are equally important um to believe about god and and when we used to when i used to say jesus is lord it was like the only thing that mattered like jesus is king jesus is lord god is you know i don't know yeah and i don't know if i even believe in that jargon anymore just because I don't know if Jesus cares. <laughs> yeah, like for me, it it more like Jesus is Lord to me meant that I've given him my whole life. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's the one that's directing my destiny and yeah. he's the king and he wants me to call him king and lord. And I just don't think he and, gives a fuck. And the people that I just don't the believe that. People anymore. that say that they give him their whole life, if Jesus' primary directive was to love God and love people. Those people should be the most loving people on the planet. And in our experience, they're not. And here's another thing that kind of pisses me off, just on a side note. I think some people say, oh, you're saying this because you're hurt. No, we're not. We were hurt, but our pain caused us to see the belief system that we held more for what it actually was in the way we held it and in the people around us, how they held it. So this isn't just a reaction, but no one on this planet will tell you that Christians are the most loving people. So that makes me think that either... Um, either God's an asshole if they're serving the one true God. If Jesus is the Lord of all of their right. lives. Or, or the people are assholes. <laughs> well, or there's a misunderstanding of what that phrase yeah, means. Which creates... Okay, um, then something about sexual fantasies and when do you use restraint? Did we do the true word of God? Or I guess we touched on that. I kind of just lumped that okay. in. Okay. Um, so she was saying that sometimes what she wants to do isn't, she doesn't feel like it's the healthiest thing for her. So, so when is it good to use restraints and i think this touches on exactly what we what talked about the video about. games today yeah. yeah so i think it's the perfect question in a way i think i think you're free to use restraint if you want to use restraint i think people are also free not to use restraint and i think you're going to learn something from both but i think you might actually learn more if you don't use restraint for christians sometimes yeah if and i'm not saying go like hurt someone kind of lose restraint Although I do think that would teach you something as well, possibly. Meaning if you're the type that's not doing something because you just think it's wrong or that you just feel guilty, a lot a lot of that, we think that shame or guilt is, I don't want to say fictional, but it's, it's self-induced. God doesn't create it. At least if you're following the God of the Bible, he doesn't claim to give you any guilt or shame. Well, and I think what happens, I know what hap has happened to me, is when I feel shame about something and, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that, but I'm not going to do that because, and then I feel shame around even wanting to do that or even thinking about it. And then you don't do it. It kind of, it, it actually keeps you stuck 
in this shame cycle, I think. And you're not able to move past it. So the shiny yeah. object will always be the shiny object. Right. Now, I think I'm not against the people using restraint at times. I mean, I use restraint all yeah. the time when I uh, think that it's not good to eat, for example, tonight, the fifth uh, cheesy biscuit in a row. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm going to feel like crap. So I didn't. But if I would have, I don't think I'd be like, you idiot. Like, that was the dumbest thing ever. You shouldn't have done that. You know that that was wrong. But and... you might have done that in the past. Oh, absolutely. Or you did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you for the question, yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, those are good questions. Keep on. Um, feel free to send us more questions. Like, you know, they could be less intense. Or, heck, bring it. You know? Or more. Or more. <laughs> All right. Next question. Hi, Cami and Ben. Um, I have a question for your question period. Um, out of genuine curiosity, um, I'm just wondering how you know God exists. So if you hadn't had the upbringing you've had with constant messaging about him and his like will and preferences, expectations and existence, etc., what else in your life would have brought you to the same conclusions? Excellent. Thank you. Another very <laughs> deep question. <laughs> that could possibly Glad, uh... be the deepest question Except for why we exist, which is kind of all. Glad I drank that cup of coffee. Fuck. <laughs> How do you know God exists? How do you know? Real quick, if you could just answer that. Um, that's a great question, though. Yeah. Um, that's. I think from well, I, I'm kind of taking a step back with this question, and because, like she said, we grew up with all of these ideas about who God is and even that God was solely masculine and now I've taken quite a few steps back and feel like I have the freedom to explore who do I think God is and how it knowing like who I am and how I tick and what I see in the world like having that all be part of who I believe God is now, that's not really what she's asking. That's but not what she's asking. I no. feel like that's that's also. So does God exist? Are you just asking the question again? <laughs> yeah. Um. I think I've, I've, I've really wrestled with this at times of having thoughts of, well, it's not right, it's not blatant, you know, all the time. A lot of times in my state, different states of mind, like I'll doubt if God really exists. But I, 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 the only thing I can, I mean, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. Like it's for me, it's like feelings. (laughs) It's like what I, the experiences I've had of feeling like I'm connected to something larger than myself. Um, I like to call God being because to me that's a little bit less of a loaded term um but i also look around the world and i'm just like this is crazy like all the crazy life forms i've that i'll never see that just exist um so those are my two thoughts so you don't think you're saying that has some sort of like conscious design behind it is that what you're saying that's my take on it. Yeah, it. it I. And it's not. It's just all the different life forms are just. For me. Too complex. I. I don't have confidence that God exists. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like 100%. I, I have enough confidence that I operate as if he does exist. And I say he, that kind of might piss Cammy off because she's on this he, she being thing. But I'm just using a standard biblical term. Oh, you throw on the biblical word at me. Well, I'm assuming that's where these people are coming from. I'm not tossing it at you. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I live um, as if God exists. I think in my younger years, more based out of like fear. Like I was like, oh crap, I have to believe in God like to go to heaven or... Like everything would fall apart if you didn't. My life would, yeah. Yeah. Now I don't have that pressure feeling anymore. But I just, I don't think I'd make a very good atheist. And I've thought about why a lot, like why I believe in God. And not like, you know, growing up in religious background, there's like what we're told to say, (laughs) you know, and what we're told we believe. Mm -hmm. And then there's what I actually believe. Mm-hmm. So what I actually believe, like forget about all the way I was raised in Bible verses, like just in my core, I'm a romantic. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm in love with the idea of being in love. I loved Titanic when I was in high school, and I didn't want to tell anyone that, but I did. And for me, I see, when I look out in the world, I see a love story. <clears throat> I see it in our marriage. I see it with our kids. I see it with humanity on a cosmic scale. And I do think love exists. I think love is outside of science or outside of matter. And the only thing that makes sense to me that's like worth living for is that we are living in a cosmic love story. And that, and I like that. It gives me hope. It makes sense to me. I can feel it. I like it. Am I 100% confident it's true? No. Do I need to be 100% confident? No. Mm-hmm. 60% is good enough for me. But you bring up a good point because I feel like people are very binary about how they view God. You either believe God exists or you don't. But there's actually kind of a, a spectrum that that people could be on. Like you said, like maybe you're sixty percent, and but people, don't, I've never, I've never really heard people talk about that. Like there's the purest of like I am an atheist, and then there's the purest of like I believe in God, and there's no room for there to be in between. For me, I think I don't, I don't. I'll just say what I was thinking. Don't misquote me on this. I think you have to be an idiot to be an atheist, a hundred percent, or or the opposite. or the other way, a hundred percent. I mean. And I don't mean idiot, but you have Not, to like like or in denial about something. Yeah, who or you're like we're talking about something outside of our something. by definition. We're yeah. talking about something outside of our pay grade. You know, like to like, so to be certain yeah. about it. I, I I just think that's a bad bet. Mm-hmm. Either um, way. So yeah. for me, my lifestyle doesn't come from my confidence in that area. It comes from honestly, like which by the way, if there's any atheists listening to this, we don't we're not calling you idiots. <laughs> At least I'm not. I kind of, I kind of did, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> I think that belief system. I'd like to understand it more. I mean, maybe there's a way that someone could say, "Yes, I have with 100% certainty arrived at the conclusion that a God cannot exist." That, 
Well, even atheists, I wonder if they feel that that pressure that they have to say that to be a true atheist. It's like, I have to say. Yeah, maybe. Just like a religious person feels the pressure that they have to say, oh, 100% God exists. If that's their definition of belief, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Because um, for me, like, some of my core values are um, humility and honesty. And I, I don't think you can be 100% confident of something outside of you and still remain humble. Yeah. Now, like I said, I don't, I don't think that means you, you can't live into it, you know. Um, I, I live, I choose to live as if God exists and we're in a, in a cosmic romance because... And you can choose to live in a way that God doesn't exist. Like, sure. Those are both. Yeah, why not? Fine. Okay. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Um, okay. Jeez, those are Wait, I'm going to, I'm going to, for dramatic effect, just because I want people to get the message, we'll go to our third phone call. Uh, missed op- opportunity, guys. That could have been your question here. Yeah. Your question about sex. We had no sex questions this week. <laughs> Ben's disappointed. Uh, but uh, guess what? Because we're so nice, we will give you guys another opportunity next week. Yes. To call and leave a message, you call 206-651-5744. That is in the show notes. Get your pens because I want to give it to you one more time. Or your little devices. Or your Alexas or whatever. 206-651-5744. And go ahead and leave us a message. We love any type of comment or question um, that will blow all of our minds. Mm-hmm. And send us lots of money for chairs. <laughs> and so our butts can be happy buy our merch while we're talking. That we don't to have. You. Actually, we might have merch at some point. We're talking about it now. The kids are working on it. <clears throat> um, Supposedly. Cool, guys. Uh, I, I I'm really thankful that. You guys are taking the time to listen to this. I do consider it a privilege to be able to record this and have people on the other end yeah, listen to it. It's an honor to know that you guys take the time to listen to our side of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm anxious to hear you guys' thoughts on the whole video game thing and yeah. the shiny object and the motivation and how you deal with that with your children and yourselves. And does this bring up any thoughts for you guys? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're wired on coffee, so we're going to go watch, what's that called? Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh, it's so depressing, but yeah, okay. And maybe the new Logan Paul documentary, which oh, will be... Oh, that's depressing, too. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> as depressing. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time.